we talk about surrendering things to God from the idea that to surrender something to God is to let it go and stop engaging with it and let God do it. But realistically, all that's going to do is leave it up to whatever else in the world is influencing those events because apart from true surrender, God can't influence a situation according to his will. Surrendering never looks like just letting something go and, and no longer thinking about it or praying about it or bringing it to God or interceding for it or, or doing you know, the, true, the acts of true surrender. Giving it up in the sense of letting go and doing nothing is just giving up. It's not giving it up, it is just giving up. It is not surrendering it to God, it is just surrendering. And surrendering means defeat. And that's how it is in war, and that's how it is in life as well. True surrender to God does not look like just quitting, giving it to God, saying it's your problem, God, and then blaming Him if it doesn't go right. There is a very clear pattern laid out, both in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, as to how we are to bring things toward, to God and how he moves on our behalf, and it is never from us sitting back and doing nothing. The sovereignty of God has decided that he will move in this world by way of prayer and fasting, by way of, uh, combined with faith, obviously, uh, by way of worship and praise, by way of the word of God and the preaching of the gospel. That is how the Lord has said he will move in this world. That's how he's sovereignly chosen to do it. So don't talk about sovereignty in the sense of God sovereignly moving in people's lives. That's not how he works. That's never how he will work. And it's never how he has worked apart from the creation of the world. But following Genesis chapter 1 verse 28, when he gave dominion to Adam and Eve, that kind of free ability to do whatever he wants was given away sovereignly to creation. And following that, spirit only influences the natural to the degree that the natural surrenders to the spirit. That goes for both God and the demonic. If a person doesn't surrender to God or doesn't submit to God, he will not have his way in their lives. Not just because he won't interfere with free will, but because he cannot, even if he wanted to. Because that is not how he has created in his sovereignty the world to work. Spiritual laws exist that God has laid out and God is not a violator of his word or of the order of things in which he has created. He is a God of order. First Corinthians 14 says that. He's a God of order. So if it takes a human being surrendering to God, submitting to God, for him to be able to influence a situation because humanity has dominion, uh, the extent to which God can influence the situation apart from our surrender is that he can, he can speak to our hearts. And that is what requires our surrender. If the Lord says to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover, and we don't lay hands on the sick, then chances are that person is not going to recover. Of course, there were instances where Jesus prayed or decreed healing upon a person from a distance and they were healed, and we can do that too. But if we are not doing that, we're not doing anything, if we're not decreeing healing on anybody from a distance, if we're not laying hands on people, if people aren't touching our robe and power isn't going out from us, uh, which is their surrender to God, by the way, then 
Nobody's going to get healed, even though it's absolutely God's will that all people are healed. And it's because we don't understand what true surrender looks like. We think that God can just do whatever He wants, whenever He wants. And He can't. And if He was able to do that, and didn't do that, then He would be in violation of His own word, where it says in the book of James, chapter 4, that if we know what we ought to do and we do not do it, then for us it is sin. And God is not a sinner, and He's not a man that He should lie. He's also the one who honors His own word. So if God sees a person that is sick and knows he ought to heal them and doesn't, then God is in sin. But God isn't in sin. So the reality that we can draw from the idea that he's given dominion to humanity and all of these other points is that he cannot enter that situation, which is why he has commanded us to do that in surrender to him and then he will move. And that is why he sent out the Holy Spirit when he ascended so that he could basically take over our lives and do it through us as we surrender to him he wants to heal the world that's why he gave us the holy spirit so that in this world that he can't of his own accord pop in and boom just click his fingers and heal humanity like he wants to he has done it the next best way which is to replicate himself all over the world through a people who are surrendered to him the sons and daughters of god exactly in his image first john chapter 4 17 and galatians 2 20 as he is, so are we. And it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. But if we continually are preaching this idea that we just got to let go and let God, or we just got to surrender it to God, and we are not teaching what surrender is in the true sense of surrender, then all we're doing is breeding this... We're breeding... Uh, these descendants of, of failure and of ultimately slackness and, and laziness in, in, our, in our warfare, you know? Because warfare requires zeal. It requires intensity. We have to go after the things of the gospel in, in full surrender to God and the ways that He has sovereignly ordained us to go after Him. He has said, pray like this, that... The Father's kingdom would come to earth as it is in heaven, that his will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. If his will was being done on earth as it is in heaven, he wouldn't have told us to pray it. But when we pray it, his will is done on earth and his kingdom does come to earth as it is in heaven. Which means that prayer is a beautiful example of a means of surrendering something to God that he can conform his reality to our reality that which is already real for God and his, in his heart and in his desires will manifest itself supernaturally in this world as we pray. That is one major means by which the... you hear that croaking in my throat just now? That is one major means by which we can surrender to God for him to carry out his desires as he wants to in this world. And in none of this do I intend on setting up God as this person who is who is seemingly weak or incapable of influencing his own creation. He is not like that in any way. It is just how he has designed the world. He is not weak for doing that. If anything, it is a remarkable display of his integrity and his refusal to violate his own word in handing over dominion to people. 
And another way we can surrender, as revealed in Scripture, is through fasting, right? It says in Matthew chapter 6 that when we fast in private, the Father rewards us in public. And a reward is God influencing a situation in accordance with His will. That's what reward looks like. So as we pray, he says, you know, if you pray in secret, your father will reward you in public. If you fast in secret, your father will reward you in public. Praying and fasting is the means of surrendering to God that he would, as his heart longs to, influence a situation according to his will to influence that situation publicly, so to speak, and bring about the change that he wants to in this world through the means of prayer and fasting, which are tools of surrender. I often refer to them as tools of surrender because when we call them that, we stop ourselves from getting into a works mentality. Because when you realize that by praying and by fasting, you are just surrendering to God. When you pray um, you know, in, in understanding, you're surrendering your soul. When you pray in tongues, you're surrendering your spirit. When you, when you fast, you're surrendering your body. That's your spirit, soul, and body being surrendered to the Lord. Or when you're, uh, you're meditating on scripture, you're surrendering your soul. When you praise God, you're surrendering your soul and your spirit. That all these things are means of surrendering our very being to God in response to the voice that he is speaking in our heart, which he is able to do to anyone. Because the, the whisper of the Lord in the heart contrary to what some people teach, I think can be resisted. If he says, come to me, we have the, the, the right, the God-given right to say no. I would hope no one would ever do that, but we have the right to say no, because that is the, the, the free will that he has given us. Although no one really has free will. We're either slaves to sin or we're slaves to righteousness. So where you want to go from there, I don't know. But Surrendering to God through spirit, soul, and body, prayer, fasting, worship, the Word of God. These are the things that He has laid out. There is no other ways to go after God than these things. And anything within, anything that you can think of that could be a means of surrendering to God just falls into those things. I guess the only possibly three or four other things I can think that could be seen as, as tools of surrender would be baptism, which is in itself just obedience to the word. Communion, which is in itself a form of worship, uh, although extremely important in the life of a believer. Uh, possibly preaching the gospel, but once again, that is kind of, you know, the word of God and, a, and a, it is a means of surrendering to God from that avenue of thinking, the word of God and suffering might be the unique one there because it seems that when we suffer for his name uh, he influences situations according to his will but once again that could be a result of prayer or uh, potentially bodily surrender Hebrews chapter 12 I believe talks about resisting sin to the point of bloodshed First Peter chapter 4 also talks about something along those lines. That when we have done that, we are finished with sin once for all. So that is a means by which God moves in our lives by way of a different kind of surrender, I suppose. But anyway, it's the Word of God, prayer, fasting, 
and worship or praise. If you can keep those four things in mind as means of surrender and view them as means of surrender, then it will really help you not get into a mindset of works. Because when you know that by filling yourself with the Word of God, you're surrendering to Him, and you're doing it for the sake of surrendering to Him, you stop building yourself up. You stop thinking, wow, I didn't, you know, an hour of the Bible today, or wow, I fasted for two days. You stop thinking along those lines, and you realize, wow, I surrendered to God. I gave myself to Him. And when you look at it through that paradigm, through that kind of lens, it'll really give you a healthy perspective of, of seeking the Lord and of surrendering to the Lord. And that is what true surrender looks like. True surrender doesn't just look like giving things up to the Lord, which is in, in essence giving up. It looks like going after Him in the ways that He has ordained, praying according to His will, conforming earthly reality to heavenly reality, fasting that your Father could reward you in public, praising Him, bringing down, uh, raising up heavenly praises, right? The heavenly incense. Look in the, uh, the book of Revelation about the, the angels carrying the, the harps and the bowls, which are the, the, the worship and the prayers of God's people. It talks about that. It is symbolic, so I guess the interpretation is somewhat, uh, you know, up for discussion. But there are uh, passages like in the Second Chronicles, around about chapter 20, with Jehoshaphat, where the worshippers were uh, out in front and the victory was won, seemingly because of these people worshipping God. There is, there is power in worship. Because it's a means of surrender. It's a heart connection given to God. It is, uh, I suppose, even, even worship could be seen as a surrender that kind of stems off from prayer. Because worship is, in essence, just extremely heartfelt, loving adoration prayer, in, often in song or in, um, in shout or in dance or, you know. Yeah, I'm just dancing, worshiping the Lord with my body. Bless you in Jesus' name.